Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. <laughs> you hesitated there. Are you sure? Never sure. Never sure. Never sure. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. And it is International Talk Like a Pirate Day, which means we can bring the hard R's and YouTube won't censor us. <laughs> we can also turn to the Fifth Circuit and say that YouTube won't censor us. So keep an eye on that. Anywho, how you doing, Tim? I'm a little sinusy, but other than that, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Oh, it is. Uh, it has been an interesting, interesting couple of days. You know, we we talk. You know, this being International Talk Like a Pirate Day, it's it's fun. And, you know, you get to have a little, you know, playtime and whatnot and, you know, and stuff. But uh, there's a very real story that we're that we're looking at here that uh, that Mark Delfonso and I are going to talk about on Wednesdays live from the bunker. Over the weekend, Grand Theft Auto 6 got hacked and leaked and source codes gone and and out there in the in the in the wild and Rockstar Games did confirm that they did get hacked and the and the games out there there's 90 hours of video footage game footage and some of it's developmental Rockstar of course says we're going to continue developing the game. We're going to keep keep going. We're going to keep working on the game. Which what are they going to do? They're just not going to cancel it. I mean, people have been waiting for this thing for a couple of years now. 9 right. years. 9 years I think has been since GTA 5 came out. And uh then we find out today IGN reporting that not only has GTA 6 been hacked and and leaked, but also Diablo 4 has been leaked so we're gonna we're gonna give it a couple of days let this play out and and uh, like i said on on wednesday's live from the bunker uh mark delfonso who's our games reporter he and i are gonna sit and take a look see at this maybe we'll get some other people in to see what's going on but this is kind of a big heap of deal and it and it coincides with talk like a pirate day so I'm smart that way, I guess. <clears throat> you have to wonder if someone, the people doing the hacking, were like, "Hey, you know, I like a pirate day is coming up." Right. Well, the, it be nice? the, uh, the 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 GTA Six stuff broke at about four thirty in the morning overnight Saturday, and there was a couple of a couple of YouTubers that all of us, and I don't know if it broke on, on Reddit or something. I don't pay attention to this stuff. I don't, I'm, I'm not a gamer, but all of Sunday, I mean, it was everywhere all over social media. It was just plastered with GTA sex. got, got leaked. And so I, I kind of started digging back and there was, there were a couple of YouTube channels where it was like, Oh, we just, we, this just, this is just breaking now. 
So it's a it's it's kind of a big deal. We'll see how it plays out, I guess, right? So anyway, um, all right. We have a we no, have a question. I have in not the in chat. fact moved. Um, the, the the hi guys. Um, the the transition from my old Mac to my new Mac is happening. So this is actually the newer computer, and it is either going to be here or back at the other angle. I haven't made up my mind yet. But so yeah, it's just a different different angle. Yeah. Um, in my fighting apartment. Yeah. <laughs> M Mrs. Boss has furnished us with a meme for tonight. Uh, Hollywood's solution to fight online piracy. Make movies so bad no one wants to watch them even for free. <laughs> See, you know, but <clears throat> for all the for all the, the buzz about um, everything going on with, with Netflix, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Warner Brothers and Netflix and all the other streaming services, yeah. um, they just dropped this the the a new... I guess a reboot of the Fletch movies just started, just happened. Uh huh. With John Hamm playing Fletch. Uh -huh. I don't know it's that it's a, a I don't really know that it's a good movie, and they dropped it without any promotion. Well, I we I saw a trailer a week ago, week and a half right. ago. That's about it. I mean, yeah. There's been a couple, a couple of trailers, but there's been no buzz. It is a sharply written comedy, and if you're a fan of the McDonald books, mm -hmm. this is a much truer adaptation of the source material than the, the Chevy. The first Chevy Chase movie was a lot of fun. There's yeah. no question. The second but one it was very much a Chevy Chase movie. Yeah, this is a adaptation of a George McDonald novel, and John Hamm is really good at it. Uh, it's got a great cast. I was like, how did? Why, why did this not get more promotion? <laughs> I What's thought wrong with you people. I I was thinking that we had we had run across when they had, when they had announced that Ham was going to play Fletch. I think we got something that came across. I think Deadline or Variety or something, because I I seem to recall reacting to that ago. and thinking John Ham is Fletch. You know, because you know you don't you don't think of Ham in a in a comedic thing so much. Until he started doing those, uh, what was it, Amazon commercials or whatever it was, whatever that was streaming. Well, if you go back to his, his his appearances on like Thirty Rock, now yeah. he showed that he had really good comic timing. But that's not what he, everybody everybody knew him for Mad Men, where it, well, there was a lot of humor in Mad Men. It was of the dark variety, right? And so that yeah, so I, I highly recommend guys if you have the opportunity, check out the new uh, 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 Confess Fletch. Um, great cast. Marsha Gay Harden is in it. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I was thoroughly entertained, which is always nice to see when you're like, is this going to be bad? Like, no, this is really good. <laughs> I, I was, <clears throat> I, well, we sat and watched, um, Samaritan over the weekend, Sylvester Stallone. Mm -hmm. No, it's all right. And yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Uh, it there's... was. It was. It reminded me. I mean, it's. Look, we've seen this movie before. The second act gets a little muddy. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts that are happening all at once. Is kind of well, you know, 
structurally it starts to kind of jiggle a little bit but then you know it settles back down into the third act when we go into the, it's, the it's last there's, there's almost nothing original about that movie but it's competently put together it's nice to see stallone play that kind of character mm-hmm. and it's another film where if you go in just looking to be entertained you're not breaking new ground here yeah you know but it was it was not they had all the ibuprofen <laughs> all, all the ibuprofen yes all the ibuprofen. i i went to get ibuprofen and i couldn't find any because it was all on that <laughs> Um, now, now Mindy says something about the guy from Maverick. That's, that's not this project. Um, uh, we're talking about Fletch because the guy from Maverick, Glenn Powell from Top Gun Maverick, uh, who plays, uh, John Hamm was in Maverick. Oh, okay. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he was. Never mind. It wasn't a big part. I'm, I'm, I'm up to speed now. I'm old. Sometimes I but, have to get but my if memory right, we're talking about Maverick the Western. That would be That's different. Yes, James Garner. Although John Hamm is in that movie. Although we did talk about the guy from Maverick because Glenn Powell, who's in Top Gun Maverick, is going to be the new Sundance kid opposite uh Reggae Jean Page as Butch Cassidy in an alternate history story of Butch and Sundance. Kind of like what Apple's been doing with For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, is Apple does For All Mankind? Amazon's going to do it with Butch and, Sundance, Butch and Sundance. Interesting. Okay. That, that, I, I like alternate histories. When they're done well, they're a lot of fun. That's the key. When they're done well. <laughs> and some of them are not. Well, so. I mean, so, I, so on the gold standard for that... I am partial to Harry Turtle Dove and what Eric Eric Flint something initial Flint yeah um, both of those both of those guys do really interesting alternate history stuff and they're both they both bring in a lot of actual history knowledge so that that makes it work yeah and Flint I mean, Flint has one one last one that I think is coming out October November. And then I think that's it because with his passing away and the company going under, there I, there's not going to be any more. What's it? 1693, 1683 series. So yeah, that one's unfortunately that one's done after this next one comes out. So if you haven't read Turtle Doves, um, Aliens Invade in the Middle of World War II series, um, talk about it's dense because there's so much history in that, but it's mm-hmm. still a good science fiction adventure. Um, but yeah, it, it helps if you actually know your World War II history, because <laughs> it's like, hi there, here's a bazillion names. Most of them are real people. Yeah. And they act according to, you know, the expectation that we have from history that they act, I mean, it's detailed stuff, and it's fun series, but it's, it's dark. So, like so, so let's talk pirates. So what we thought we'd talk about, give it get, aside from the video game piracy that's actually going out there right now, right? And given that it's 
talk like a pirate do. We're not going to talk like a pirate do. I mean, Tim, if you want to, you're more than welcome to. I'm going to forego that particular item on the agenda. But I thought we'd talk about space pirates. Mm-hmm. And look at some of the different science fiction versions of this. Um, <laughs> Dave says, I brought the rum. Uh, well, the, and, and look, we have, we have made drinking games out of these shows before. So if, if Tim says something kind of full of himself tonight, I guess you could take a drink. I don't know. I mean, if I, if I say, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Ow. I'm kidding. If I reference my age. One too many times. Oh, I mean, you can. I, 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 Jason, I go, I'm going to need to go buy more alcohol. <laughs> right. I don't have enough in the apartment. All right. We so, start talking um, about our lawns. Before you before we dive into the space pirates, yes. because there's a lot of cool stuff there. I did want to mention uh, on Stranger Tides, not the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the book, the book by yes. Tim Powers, which is a historical fantasy dealing with Blackbeard the pirate. Um, and Tim Powers is another one of those authors who writes kind of an alternate history, but his is the secret magical things that happen underneath the historical events. Right. So the history is all the, if you look at the dates and the people involved, that's all accurate, <clears throat> but underneath it, there's the, the magic currents. So it's, it's Blackbeard and voodoo and ancient magics and all these different things. It's an excellent book. I had there all of Tim Powers stuff. But On Stranger Tides is one of the, his best books. The movie is an utter butchery of the story. I um, think isn't that a isn't that a result of that book getting combined with somebody else's script that was trying to do the same kind of thing? It's like, well, probably, instead of instead of getting I mean, t- sued, we'll buy his book and we'll kind of mash them together. I think yeah, is what Tim, happened. Tim Powers was like, they gave me money. I'm fine. <laughs> He's like, you know, I mean, they, you know, they can do it. They license the rights. They get to do whatever they want. It, yeah. My book is still here. Um, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, yes, it is. So, I mean, I, that's that's one I encourage you to check out. I, like I said, all, all of his books are fantastic. Um, it's a very smart writing. But it, that's a fun one in terms of if you're familiar with the actual history of the real of real piracy. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of little historical notes that are very cool, but again, it's got this really cool um, uh, supernatural mystery horror element to it that is is very very clever and a lot of fun. And Blackbeard is a fascinating character historically, but he's also a fascinating character. Um, yeah, well, Mindy, we <laughs> you, you, you got a problem, Mindy. Ten, you got a... tangential to that. And related, I'll also make a recommendation in in the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, realm with uh, Anne Crispin's origin story for Jack Sparrow, mm. uh, which was supposed to be the beginning of a trilogy, and then she died of cancer, and we only got the first book. Uh, but it's I think rather rather well done, uh, given you know that. You, you're basically coming up with something that people are already familiar with, but now you've got to do the origin story for this thing. 
And the reason that she got that job, and we did an I, we did an interview with her a long while back. Is the reason she got that job is because she had done the Han Solo origin story in the Han Solo trilogy, and they had been so impressed with her work on that. They said, "We want you to do the same thing with Jack Sparrow." So they came to her. They said, "Here, we want you to write this," and she went, "Okay." They paid her money, well, and and it's and a, it's a it's a good story. It's a good book. And Crispin was always a, an excellent writer. The question too is always it was fun to read. Sir, anything that she wrote. Han Solo is of course a space pirate. Yes, kind of is. He's also a rascal and a rogue, which is often the and a scoundrel. It's often required for the romantic hero versions of pirates. Pirates, of course, often. Not that, but if you have if you have a good pirate, they're a rascal and a rogue, and then they're a Han Solo, essentially. Yeah. Or um, Mal- Malcolm Reynolds is another one. Right, right. Now you get the flip side of that. You can go over to uh, Stephen Donaldson's The Gap series, and Angus Angus Thermopylae is the space pirate in that series, and he is not a rascal or a rogue. He's a monster. Yeah. And um, like Stephen, like everything else with Stephen Donaldson, I've, I've mentioned the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant before. Um, fair warning, Donaldson likes to play with characters who are very morally gray, even if they're the good guys. Yeah. Good, and I'm air quoting here, because there's, there's, there's degrees of bad in Donaldson's books. There's very rarely... This person is a virtuous, kind human being. It's often, <laughs> well, they're not as bad as yeah. this person. Le- so every character is a lesser of two evils type of person, right? To some degree, and and, yeah. and which makes the stories interesting in a level because he's a, he explores you know the decisions we make that make us good people and bad people and how hard it can be to be a good person sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he also develops the character of of Angus as someone who is absolutely vile but even he has a shot at redemption of a kind right so it's it's, it's, they're complicated books i recommend i recommend donaldson but they're complicated stories and i don't mean it's like i trust i trust the folks who watch all of our shows to be smart enough to follow along but if you don't want those gray moral areas you're you're going to find the books difficult. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. MS says, I remember as a kid in the 80s, so many B-movie ripoffs of Han Solo, the Ice Pirates. And that was something, that was one you had mentioned before we went on the air. Right. Uh, Jason the, texts me when he's like, why don't we do it? Let's talk like a pirate and let's do this. And I'm like, oh, great. We can talk about Ice Pirates. <laughs> um, because Ice Pirates is an unrepentantly fun B-movie. That if you've not seen it, it's actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> but it's also a low-budget Star Wars ripoff. I mean, it really is. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's it's got a cast that, I mean, you've got Robert Urich mm-hmm. playing the lead. Uh, Mary Crosby uh, as the as the female lead. Uh, Michael Roberts, Angelica Houston, Ron Perlman, 
Um, this is John Carradine is in this movie. I mean, it's a, it's a really really solid cast, but they had no money. They had no money to make this movie. Kind of like uh, kind of like Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Um, well, yeah, except this one actually did see the light of day intentionally. <laughs> yeah. And see, movie night, this would be a fun one to watch because it is, it is, it, I mean, we're not talking high art here, but in terms of the kind of movie, well, as a kid, because this came out in 84, you know, we were teenagers. Um, this is, this, you know, I, I guess we were just at the right age for me to, you know, really kind of just enjoy just the silliness of it because yeah. it was, it's cheerful. It's a cheerful movie that knows that it has no money. <laughs> and a lot of the a lot of the cast got involved because just because the people who were making the movie were friends with them or liked them. They're like, oh you know, I like Angelica Houston. Let's see if she'll come play with us on this movie. And like <laughs> Right. That's great. Well, it's like Max von Sydow as as Ming the Merciless, you know, for, for Flash Gordon. You know what we ought to do? I'm going to write this down. We should do an 80s movie playlist for people and mm. and put stuff on there like Flash Gordon, Ice Pirates, um Krull. Krull. This was actually this part of the script was actually written by the guy who wrote Krull, by the way, for Ice Pirates. Space Hunter. What's the one? What was the other? What's the one with Barry Bostwick and and Persis Combata? What was that one? Because um, it was another mega mega force. Mega force. Mega force. Yeah, just uh, just throw all yeah. all of them in, you know, over a weekend, and and I wonder how many uh, of them. I wonder how many of them are available as as uh, uh, Amazon Prime. We could do a, a watch party. Uh, a watch party weekend, maybe. I, I'll, I'll have to look that up. Trancers. Oh yeah, Trancers is one. Oh, the first, you know, okay, the first, the first trancers, one. The first Trancers, especially yeah. because um, that's a, that's definitely an example of a series that law of diminishing returns. Every single sequel. Right. It was like you could chart the graph. You Real know. It's, it's, this would be this would be a, a descending hill. Yeah. Okay. That's what this is. It's like Highlander and Robocop. They kind of kind of did the same that similar trajectories. Robocop not as much, but mm -hmm. Highlander really kind of went off the deep well, end. Well, there. that's because there's only one Highlander movie. Mm-hmm. One and a half. We, because we, Highlander three is like a third act for the first Highlander film, which yeah. doesn't make it a good movie, but whatever. <laughs> well, then you have the series. So the you could do... first four seasons of the series, four, I want to say, are really, really good. Yeah. Um, it, it, too... Well, it's, we see this in television series a lot anyway. You, you know, it's just... Not everything... Not everything is meant to last more than four or five years. So we should do an 80s movie and TV playlist with our recommendations. Because tonight, the new Quantum Leap debuts. On I have heard, I've I've read I read a couple of reviews, but uh, one which was, and I can't remember where they're from, I'm sorry. Uh, one was like, okay, it's got promise. And one was like, 
I don't dislike it, but it feels cluttered story-wise. Yeah. I, but I'm like, okay. Mm. I'm not I'm not too keen on what appears to be his catchphrase. Well, we only got one little bit with the trailer there, so I'm I'm inclined I'm inclined to wish he doesn't have a catchphrase just because he's, he's got it the, and it's and it's one, an, it's an expletive version of the oh boy right and and I, but i i would rather he doesn't have a catchphrase because this, this is set in the same continuity as the original series so i don't have an issue with them and, and, and to be perfectly honest i would rather they do that mm-hmm. than start over from scratch sure because Agreed. it acknowledges the existence of the original series you're a lot you could still play with that mythology i actually thought it was pretty interesting that uh Ernie Hudson's character is from the original series. There's a right. there's a two part series where where uh, Sam jumps back to Vietnam in the nineteen in the early seventies, and he's in the unit where his brother is, and they're on mm-hmm. a mission to save a POW who turns out to be Al, and this is the mission where his brother gets killed, and so now you know Sam's got conflicting conflicting priorities here and he jumps into this black soldier who magic williams i think is the name who is ernie hudson's character right so i thought that was really interesting because we hadn't heard that before until i think maybe a couple of weeks ago when when it you know they started really getting into who all these people were I thought, oh, that's that that could have some interesting story potential. And then Scott Bakula comes out over the weekend and says, I don't have anything to do with the show. Sorry. So in fairness to the folks who are hoping that he would make a cameo, um, that's still something that could happen. It could. And and also, if you're going to have Scott Bakula do a cameo, the correct answer when asking him about that is I don't have anything to do with the show. Yeah, because that is the kind of thing that you want to be able to say. We didn't see it coming. See, I see. I see my my idea. And NBC can send me a check if they do this at the end (laughs) of season one. The season finale. At the end of the show. Your new guy, I think his name's Ben. Ben gets done with whatever it is, and he's getting he's done, and he's getting ready to leap. And he's in some place, and he looks up, and he sees Sam Beckett. And he says, Dr. Beckett! And Beckett, of course, is leaped into somebody else. He's like, who recognizes me? And they look and they see each other and they make eye contact and oh boy, and they both jump. And now, and now it's a chase. Now it's now it's where do we find him? There's that or, and this is the one that I really want to see just because I think it would it would make head explode. Um, is he jumps and he looks in the mirror and it's Scott Bakula. <laughs> He's jumped into Sam Beckett. Oh, that would be interesting. Because, because then it would be going okay. 
and that's that's the cliffhanger. That's the you know that's the season finale, and everyone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would be that would be interesting, especially given that you're going to get scenes in the in the quantum leap chamber, that facility now more than you did for the original show. Which is which is one of the criticisms that the again I'm sorry guys I can't remember the reviewer um, that was one of their criticisms is that they felt like there was almost they didn't feel that that stuff was necessary they yeah. didn't they did like they didn't have a problem with it they they thought the performances were fine they thought the information was was good but for them they were like this isn't what I want to this isn't what I care about and it, I'm like that's fair it's probably going to lead to something I would imagine. Oh, I would imagine so. I think that the yeah, fact that there's there's something. supposed to be some, um, I guess, yeah, not having watched the episode, some sort of incident that caused this to happen anyway. That there's, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess there's supposed to be some, which is which is fine. Expanding expanding the the role the role of the um, additional characters. I don't have a problem with that. It just as long as it's done well, we'll yeah. see. All right, so space pirates. Uh, you mentioned you you mentioned the um, the books. We were talking about you know talk about pirates of the Caribbean. Just talk about it on Stranger Tides. There is a book series, and it's not it's not space pirates, although there is some aspect to that in a couple of the books. But we're talking about talking about this stuff. Kind of makes me think of the Horatio Hornblower stories, which makes me think of the Honor Harrington stories. And any sure, right. opportunity that I get to recommend the Honor Harrington series, I will take. But, this would be part of the drinking game, by the way, folks. Yes, and there's there's a well, there is a specific. Oh, I want to say it's the third or fourth book, where she gets assigned command of a smaller ship specifically for piracy patrol. Mm-hmm. So, and I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, it's the third or fourth book in the series. Because it's early in her career. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the, the story is based on the old concept of the Q-ships, which is basically a ship that's disguised as a merchant vessel, right. which actually mm-hmm. turns out to be overarmed and ready to just blow everything out of the water because surprise here's all the guns you're under arrest type of thing and so that's the that's the story a lot of privateers used to do that yeah Yeah. a lot of privateers used to do that back in in the actual naval warfare um when you're and that's uh, and and that's the concept here is is you know harrington has got a got command of of three of these and is doing the the anti-piracy patrol at the same time, her government is at war with another one. So, no, it's it's, it's an interesting series of, of, of books. But that one's a that one's a good story too. So, uh, MS has an well, idea for that idea. Quantum Leap. Um, he jumps back well, into a mission where Sam is because Sam did the right thing. It leads to disaster in the future, so Ben has to change it. But Sam doesn't know that. That's an interesting one too. So. <laughs> all kinds of fun things you could do with this hopefully hopefully the writers do the kind of brainstorming stuff that that we do here too so. i would hope and and i would hope that at least one of the writers or two of the writers actually watch the original show so far from what i've seen and again just the trailer so far yeah. i'm i'm guessing that they have but we'll i'm see. i'm optimistic 
because Martin Giro is in charge as the showrunner. And, you know, he's his, he's got a decent pedigree. You know, he was with Stargate uh, with that that series of productions. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll have to see the first episode to see for right. sure. But Exactly. You know, You've got to watch it. Got to watch it to be sure. I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, like I said, I've read a couple of reviews, but I'm not going to let them make the decisions for me. I'm yeah. going to watch it myself and yeah. make my own mind. So another another one, um, and the visuals on this have always been fun, Treasure Planet, which is mm-hmm. the science fiction animated with space aliens version of Treasure Island. Which did not do well in theaters, but I rather liked it. I thought it was pretty good myself. Yeah, it was it, it was different. But it's it's Treasure Island. And mm-hmm. there's an opportunity here and again, this goes back to kind of what we talk about with Marvel and DC. You re- you saw the movie, here's this thing you can read. And I don't know that anybody did that with Treasure Planet, but there was discussion about how it was based on Treasure Island. So how many people possibly maybe picked up that book as a result of seeing the movie? One would, would like to think a few. I mean, the, that was a film where the critics liked it, audiences seemed to like it, but nobody went to see it. Yeah. It I think it, it found more of a following. I just looked it up. It made $38 million in the U.S. Mm. and only 110 worldwide. And that's back in, you know, 19, what, 80, what, 80, uh, 2002. No. So, the, so you know, it's a little bit, it counts a little bit more, but even so, um, and uh, it's a shame. It's, it's fun. If you, and, it, and honestly, if you've got kids, it's a perfectly fun science fiction pirate movie mm-hmm. with, you know, Treasure Planet adaptation. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Robert said, I like Treasure Planet, Treasure Island, I loved as a kid. And he's also got a question here, I guess, to me. What what about the last eight years of sci-fi would allow you optimism? <laughs> it's a it's a I it's a valid question, given how disappointed we have been a number of times as often as we've been, but I'm don't tell anybody. But I'm trying to be a little bit less of a cynic, at least in the broad strokes. There are very specific things that I will probably take to my grave as as the ultimate cynicism. Fair. But, you know, it's, it's like everything else. So... You know, the last Jedi killed Star Wars for me, but okay, we'll go. We'll go watch the the Rise of Skywalker because other people want to go see it. Okay, fine. And the TV series, they're hit and miss. Mandalorian's pretty good. Book of Boba Fett's not. Obi Wan, I I I checked out of Obi Wan at three episodes. I checked out of She Hulk at three episodes. So I figured, if I be, if I'm, if I'm relatively open-minded to start with and I give it a chance and it disappoints me then I can quit I can opt out I I don't get invested oh this is going to be so good it's like okay let's see what this is going to do and then if I see what it's going to do and I don't like what it's doing then I don't have to keep going that's right and if other people continue along because they're enjoying it, 
and I don't like it, that's fine. If they're getting something good out of it, good for them. If I'm getting something good out of something that other people don't like, good for me. Well, there's no accounting taste. Well, and that that that's true. And that's what it is. And it's it's all it's all a matter of personal opinion. And it is. And there's some stuff that you know I I've given up. I I still feel moderate pangs of super minor guilt that I just don't care about Game of Thrones. No, I don't either. I just, I just don't care. And and there are people who love it. My brother-in-law has every every Game of Thrones media thing you can get, and that's great. He loves it. It just doesn't engage me in the same way, and that's fun. HBO. I Sinus. bought him a Game of Thrones DVD set several years ago because he was what he wanted for Christmas. So, yeah. you know. HBO sent us the first season on DVDs, and I watched it. I don't have HBO. Uh, we got HBO Max now, but back in the day, that didn't exist. So HBO sent the the first season. I watched it. Okay, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a thing. But it felt like it was trying to be something else. It was pastiche. It was a bunch of stuff that I'd seen before, except more R-rated. It, you know, I, again, I, I think there it's a lot of people just really love it. And I've heard I've heard mixed things about the new Game of Thrones series. Some people really like that, too. Um, again, I just, yeah. you know, I'm a big Matt Smith fan. I think he's great. And I just that's not going to make me. You know what I'd like to say? Sorry. A band of pirates flying dragons. That feels well. Okay, there's so that we, we we sort of have that in heavy metal, where you've got space pirates who are attacking the planet, mm-hmm. um, and they're fought by a woman flying a dragon. So yeah, there's some of that. <laughs> well, and I think that you can look at. I mean, look. So space pirates have been around for a very long time. Right. So um, looking back, one of the earliest ones is a novella called The Red Perry. Um, And um, it actually helped inspire uh, a a piece of 2001, apparently, um, where uh, uh, the helmetless spacewalk that David Bowman does, apparently. I have not read The Red Perry. So uh, that's like the first place it appeared and stuck with with um, Clark. So, um, but then we've got Isaac Asimov doing space pirates in a in a uh, one of his juveniles, and you've got Doctor Who. Um, you've got Star Trek doing uh, yeah, the, the what the animated series. Yep. Um, uh, with the the Orion pirates, and of course the Orion pirates are still around, um, and and are part of Star Trek lore that you've got this you know. You've got literal an entire culture of space pirates. Um, I mean, there's been, and of course, you got the pirate planet, uh, Douglas Adams. Um, it's a fourth doctor, fourth doctor serial, and it's a mess. It's an utter, utter mess, but it's very fun. <laughs> Um, it, it's not. It's not Douglas Adams' best work. It's not uh, anywhere near um, uh, what 
you would it's it's not anywhere near the best uh tom baker um cereal but yeah it's definitely it's definitely entertaining well and there's even there's even anime space pirates i mean you've got uh was it captain harlock isn't he a isn't he a pirate and then you have uh, apparently this thing called bodacious space pirates from 2012 <laughs> Uh, well, and I was, and of course, um, I'm a fan of the podcast, the horror podcast, the Magnus Archives, which is a British horror uh, podcast. It's run its whole thing. It's out there and available in the world. It's for free. I, I recommend picking it up, uh, listening to it. The guy who wrote that series used to be in a band called The Mechanisms, hmm. which was a stage show where they were like, "This is the story of the Mechanisms, space pirates," and they were it, that. that all of their albums had had a plot and it was about the adventures of these space pirates and all the limbs they would regularly lose um while going off and being pirates um and um they made a whole for a while there they made a career out of being space pirates it's great yeah <laughs> as musicians so uh well in and on the fantasy side of things you could do uh, you've got Muppet Treasure Island, which is kind of fancy. I mean, it's pretty much a straightforward adaptation of Treasure Island with Muppets. Right, which automatically makes Muppet. it fantasy. Automatically makes it fantasy. Um, and there was uh, there was another one I was thinking of when you were when you were sitting there talking. It popped into my head, and now it's gone. Um, oh 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 oh, for kids fantasy-ish. You have Captain Feathersword, who is part of the Wiggles entourage, which oh, is not okay. really not really space pirate, not really... I mean, he's kind of fantasy because you have a talking dinosaur and, mm. and you know, some fantastical characters as part of the Wiggles entourage. So that, that you can throw that in there just as a peripheral addendum to things but um yeah i'm looking at this i'm looking at this list of a lot of different different characters here i i'm not sure that i would consider killer kane a pirate so much from the buck rogers, buck rogers? Stores. yeah this mm -hmm. piratical but not necessarily a pirate maybe uh well i think i think they're looking at the comic strip more than anything else. Mm, okay. But I don't, I don't recall him ever really never really struck me as being a pirate so much. He was, you know, princess Ardala's right hand enforcer type. I didn't see him really so much right. as a pirate. Um, Han Solo's on this list. Hondo Onaka is on this list. Um, Tell Ooh, Absalom Doc from from the Doctor Who comic strips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's fair. I think it's fair to, to consider him a, a pirate. Um, it, so the books are the books are super dated, and I don't think uh, the writing ages well at all. Um, but uh, Piers Anthony's Bio of a Space Tyrant series, um, where the 
political powers of the time that he wrote the book are overlaid with the planets of the solar system. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make a lick of sense geopolitically now, uh, <laughs> but um, and there's a whole lot of there's some very questionable writing um, and story elements. Uh, but it's the whole bit because you've got these various, you know, cultures, uh, Earth cultures transplanted to these various planets. So there's a lot of space piracy happening around in between the worlds. Um, and and that becomes a plot point in, I think, a couple of the books. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're a fan of Piers Anthony and you haven't read it, it's worth being completist. I would just say, uh, reader beware. Um they're a little questionable would at this you, point. We mentioned Doctor Who. Would you consider the Blake Seven crew oh, to be on pirates. that list? Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that's an example. That's an example of um, pirates by definition mm-hmm. versus pirates by we're out to to steal from the merchant class. To you know, it's it's they were fighting. A corrupt government it's well it's it's firefly you know it's yeah. the same thing where the 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 by virtue of being in opposition to their government they are forced to essentially be pirates um and the fact we've never actually gotten in this, in this, for for good or for ill, however you feel about the fact that we're in the era of reboots, hmm. um, the fact that we never actually, we have not actually gotten a big budget Blake Seven reboot is still a little surprising to me. Uh, well, I have to wonder about that because. I don't know that we would have gotten a revival of Doctor Who without the American audience. And I don't think that there was a, that big of one for Blake yeah, Seven. No. Fair enough. I think, that, yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely fans, Blake Seven fans in the U.S. I'm yeah. one of them. Um, but you're right. It doesn't have the, it doesn't have the scale. It doesn't. And and at the time, I mean, it was an example of the darker side of the, you, know, you had the optimism of star trek at the time right and then you had blake seven which is like hey, hang on have you met humanity <laughs> yeah right well and the <laughs> other the the other aspect of that too i mean you look at something like survivors for example which was another bbc thing you know terry nation and they did a, re- a remake of that and it didn't last very long at all a season i think think. think there's you run into an interesting thing with with some of these these things like survivors is that to some degree some of that stuff ends up being it, it it really hit the way it hit because of the environment the culture it was in at that moment mm-hmm. how it related to the world around them i mean and if you can't make that translation to a more modern setting or a different setting, yeah. it's not going to have that punch. It's like you and I talk about all the time, and folks, this is where you get a chance to take a drink. <laughs> um, you know, why you should not have an American version of Akira. Right. Because you can't, 
you cannot, I mean, look, all right. And I, and I realize that you could make the argument, well, we just had, we had an American version of Godzilla that wasn't terrible. And it's like, yes, but the first Godzilla was commentary on, on the dangers of nuclear uh, power and, you know, the, the, the bomb. Yeah. But the sequels took it into a completely different place. Right. Well, so the, an the American version that the, references atomic uh, the bomb, yeah, works, but it's Akira is a different. It's a it's a different degrees. Yeah, and I don't. The, I just don't think you can separate the two without losing the core of what makes Akira powerful. Yeah, the legendary Godzilla references back that first one, and it doesn't. It doesn't really acknowledge so much any of the sequels, uh, except for some of the monsters that show up later. But that, you know, atomic I mean, it, power, it atomic power, bad thing, part of the message that's there still in the in the legendary thing. I think you're right with with an American version of of Akira. You lose the main crux of the entire story. Because of the bomb. And. Well, and, and to some degree, you could make you can, okay, because we we keep seeing them threaten us with it. Yeah, you can make an American version of Akira. It might even be a good movie. The problem is, is that what made Akira, both in print, and in the animated version, have the punch that it did, mm-hmm. the impact that it did, was that its first audiences could look at family members and geography of the place that they lived in and have those echoes come through. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, and, and, and luckily we have not, we have not experienced that in America. Um, so, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that somebody can't crack it. I'm just saying you're going to have to do you're gonna have to be remarkable, yeah, to make yeah. that work. Yeah, you should. You should not touch it. Don't do it. Yeah, and do you know what they they do? They make some very very good movies over in Japan. Let them do. It. <laughs> yeah, because maybe because I think it, I think it, honestly though I think it would be a challenge for them too, just because you've had the the illustrated hold it in your hands, read this story and just soak it in version. Mm-hmm. You've had a really solid animated version. Yeah. You're competing against those two things already. That's a real, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm, if you could do it, great. I'm just saying it's woof. It's yeah. a challenge. Yeah. Robert asks about, uh, about uh, uh, Buck Rogers. Did the 1980s Buck Rogers have to buy rice from anyone? Um, I'm not sure about that particular version. I mean, I'm sure that Universal had to pay somebody, you know, something for for adaptation rights. Uh, the Dil- the John Dilly family estate still owns it, and they're involved in the reboot remake ish thing that George Clooney's production company is part of. Uh, we actually talked to Flint Dilly. Oh, when was that? Oh, back in the summer. No, it was longer ago than that. I'd have to look it up. But we actually talked to John Dilly's grandson, I think. 
and he's involved still. Uh, and we talked about the reboot. We talked about the 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 history of Buck Rogers and the longevity of the character and all of that. So uh, while while you vamp, I can I can look that one up real quick so I can sure. put a link in. Uh, uh, on the comic book side of things, if you want to go over the X Men titles, you have Scott uh, Summers Cyclops. Uh, his father is a space pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is Corsair, which of course is another word for. Uh, pirates in, in some stories and uh, he's the head of the Star Jammers which is a group of um, so he was he and his wife were captured captured by aliens when Scott and his brother were kids and they were orphaned because they thought their parents were dead but they were actually taken off into space um, and uh Scott's father ended up fighting against a corrupt intergalactic empire, became a pirate. Um, again, we're coming back to the the pirate by definition of being uh, uh, fighting against um, your your evil government, um, which is you know at, at, in many ways that's the same kind of it's it's rebels against an empire. It's the same thing. We we've, yep. we've seen that happen more than once. Um, there's a reason why you can have the, you know, Han Solo on the side of the good guys, even though he's clearly a criminal. Um, but he's also, you know, uh, that's kind of what you get with a lot of these characters. I mean, if you want to go back to Robin Hood, mm-hmm. Robin Hood is a pirate on land. Yeah. He's a highway, really. I mean, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Um, but again, he becomes the hero because... In a lot of this, in a lot of the stories, he's up against Prince John, who of course is the bad guy. Right. Um, so I mean, it's some of this stuff becomes, and that's it's really kind of what makes a lot of these these pirate characters really interesting, is that you can have them be good guys, but they're fighting against you know the the villainous empire. They're fighting against uh, you know um, whatever it is that has made them the the criminal in this world and mm-hmm. you get the david and goliath you know ragtag bag of a uh, uh, group of rebels up against the yeah. the evil empire kind of thing that uh, now robert you know. robert makes a good point han solo is a smuggler would would we really consider han solo to be a pirate because he doesn't really rob people he's not a he's not that kind because he doesn't he doesn't quite fit the traditional definition of pirate so much, would he? Um, not straight piracy when you're thinking of somebody who actually, you know, steals from, but also bear in mind his paprika habit. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Um, the, um, he, but I think he fits in that, in that, uh, uh, I'd say you could, you could put him in the bucket. Yeah, pretty well in terms of being a you know. I put uh, that I put that interview with Flint Dilly in, in the chat. It it was a little bit longer ago than six months. It was February of 2021 when I talked to him. Um, time flies, I guess, because we haven't heard anything since, really. Yeah, you know, I remember that was kind of a thing that we were like, that could be okay. That actually could be interesting. Yeah, and that. And I then mean, it kind of disappeared. For, so. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's so many different ways that can derail these things. Yeah. I mean, there's so many moving parts to getting this stuff off the ground. And 
we know we've seen a lot of stuff just from you know just the news stories that we follow that the pandemic kind of derailed a lot of projects um and then of course we have the the desire to merge all these companies which well yeah <laughs> as its own sort of fallout um the um i think one of the fun things about space pirates is that we it's okay it's kind of like star wars right so if you know anything about physics you know that x-wings and tie fighters don't make any sense right um but it's world war ii world war one dogfighting right it's the planes in the air and so it's very cool and we and we get that in science fiction a lot right we 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 look we put push the laws of physics over here yeah, we completely ignore them uh, so that we can have a cool set of visuals and ray guns and space and all this cool stuff yeah. and we all acknowledge that's okay it's suspension of disbelief and laws of physics um and piracy is kind of the same thing because space piracy um would be very very difficult um i i want to say there's actually a bit of space piracy going well there is there is in the, if you if you've seen the expanse there's a couple of there's a couple of uh, points in the series where you actually get to see acts of piracy happen and it's complicated it's super complicated and yet um it's uh we we kind of it, it, we're willing to make that leap to sort of a fantasized version of this because it helps tell a dramatic story and pirates whether you're the 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 scrappy heroes who are fighting against you know who are pirates by virtue of fighting against the evil empire mm. um that plays into the kind of the roguish you know um the pirates who are on your side the privateers really and and then if you're if they're the bad guys they play into that kind of classic villain mode where we get your your you know blackbeards and your or your other favorite you know captain captain kid and, and all these other you know classic captain hook right classic right. kind of stuff with the monsters with the bad guys and it ends up being you know but we can we can relate to those stories we understand those stories we we, we grew up on them um whether we we reading treasure planet or or seeing stuff and you know watching uh firefly or things like that you know we we can relate to it and connect with it and there's a certain amount of romanticism that goes with it yeah that is not really accurate historically, but that's not the point. Um, I mean, you know, how how many how many episodes of a pirate drama in space do you want to have dealing with scurvy? You just don't want to go there. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I mean, the other the other aspect of that is if you were to do something like Moby Dick, where you know you take how many episodes to fly through space and get well i mean we have hyperspace because anything else would take forever to get from one place to the next it's a it's a story shortcut well and and i mean you can you can get around that by things like you know what they did with with the expanse where they they give you this sort of hand wavy science fiction drive but it's still not super fast yeah it's fast enough to speed the story along but you don't, you know, it's like, yeah. McKenna in the chat there says, uh, I would watch so many Space Pirate episodes if it was about Hondo. 
That is uh, that is a uh, I guess an inside joke of sorts. It's not an inside joke so much. It's a running gag. Mazerus is uh, a frequent viewer of the programs here and uh, comments in the chat. He is not a fan of Hondo Onaka, and so we uh, we make it our business every week during the Ranker Pit to uh, to tweak him a little bit on that. So. Uh, we're waiting for Hondo to show up in live action somewhere. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be somewhere. They've already asked Jim Cummins about it, and he's like, "I yeah, I'm ready to do it. Sure, they they ask me to do it, I'm there." So we'll see. I uh... <laughs> Hondo and Jar Jar. You know that that actually makes me think uh, something because uh, you know you talk about space pirates and alternate history and alternate universe type things in some alternate universe Harry Mudd and Cyrano Jones are together and they are up to no good yeah no kidding and they're not pirates but they are up They're to up. no good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Robert Robert raises the point. I mean, piracy, pirates are... There's very little romantic about the actual history of piracy. Right. It's fascinating, though. If you have if you ever have the chance to dive into this stuff, there's some really, really cool stories and, and real historical stuff there. But there's been this sort of romanticized version that we've all come to know. doesn't mean you can't tell cool stories with it. Sure. Um, which, of course, I think we, we've covered quite a few. Um, if you want to see... That the, the dark version of unpleasantness of piracy uh, again. We I circle back around to the Tim Powers on Stranger Tides. The pirates are not romanticized. Um, it's uh, it, there's very little romantic or pleasant about these guys, um, and and I think that that's something that you know if you're if you're interested in the history, by all means, there's some great books out there. Um, uh, heaven's sakes, I'm going to draw a blank on 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 titles, uh, but there's Back in my bookstore days, so like 90, 95 to 2005, um, I think there were two or three books on piracy, the uh, pirates that came out um, that are really, um, uh, I have not seen The Lost Pirate Kingdom. I have not either. I may have to on, look at that, though. On Netflix, huh? Okay. Well, I'll have to well, check that out. What was the what was the one with um oh for heaven's sakes there was a pirate TV series with a really interesting cast a pirate TV series like pirates pirates or space pirates um regular pirates not not uh, uh, space pirates. Sad to say that we have we are not aware of there being a good space pirate series aside no. from things like Firefly and yeah. And actually, no. strictly speaking, the Expanse sometimes. Yeah. Um, Tales from the Gold Monkey was not about pirates. <laughs> Would you? Well, okay. Let me ask you this though. That does make me think. Would crossbones? Crossed bones. Okay. Crossbones. It had John Malkovich. Uh, Richard Coyle, Claire Foy. That's right. Uh, really, fan it was it was an uneven series, but it was 
it was interesting, and it was John Malkovich as uh, Blackbeard. Definitely, I, I definitely interesting thing. I remember hearing about it. I didn't see it. Uh, Robert asks, are there any stories that cover the difference between privateers and pirates where most English positive ideas come from? Um, actually, it's kind of kind of interesting. The There is a discussion of that in the Honor Harrington book as far as the you know the role of privateers as opposed to uh the legitimate military um but i'm not sure i'm not sure about any kind of a comparison between pirates and privateers because there's so i mean we come come back, give me, come back to the the Stephen Donaldson gap series again fair warning dark dark material here mm. um that plays into some of it because there is um, privateers were government sanctioned pirates, essentially. Right. You know, you were, were, and, and there's a whole lot of one of the plot points of the gap series is that there are parts of, There are parts of the government that are actually in conflict with each other. It's all behind the scenes, and so the the machinations of of these power brokers are caught, basically involves piracy and privateering and and all these different things. And it's science fiction, and there's aliens and all these different things. But it's it's um, so yeah, it dives into that some into some of that. Although it's uh, it's not the primary driving part of it. It's it's a big part of the plot, but it's not the biggest part of the plot. Yeah. Some interesting stuff out there. And and I'm sure we could probably, I don't know, we can probably roll into this uh, maybe another hour or so. But I'm tired. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, yes. I mean, if you're, if you're interested in, if you want to look at some, uh, uh, Black Sails was mm -hmm. a fun and interesting television series. Um, Crossbones, um, uh, Lost Pirate Kingdom. Obviously, I've like said and checked that one out. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about our flag means death, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I can't speak to that. I've heard some um, positive. But I've heard people that. like it. So um, yeah, I mean, there's but there's great genre stuff. I think it's it's uh, you'll you'll note that we managed to make it through this entire episode without actually talking like pirates. Right. Pirates Latitude by Crichton. I have I have not heard of that one. I didn't know that. You're talking about Michael Crichton. I I didn't know he wrote a pirate book. Interesting. I'll have to I'll have to. McKenna's got us one. covered. McKenna's got us covered. All right. So McKenna, McKenna with the R, the hard R. So, <laughs> and it's at the end of the hour, so YouTube's not going to care. Right. All right. Okay, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for being here. Good, uh, good conversation in the chat. Good, always, always nice to see the active uh, comments and and discussion. And uh, oh, yeah, yes, hey, oh, if yes. You're, if you're in the Kansas City area and you want to see funny pirates, uh, the Renaissance Festival is going on right now here in the Kansas City area, hmm. and my friend Kurt Hanover who has been in several of the short films that I've made is in a, uh, a, a band called the Jolly Rogers <laughs> and, and they do pirate comedy and, 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 and funny, funny songs about pirates. 
Um, it is fun for the whole family. It's racy enough for the adults and silly enough for the kids. And the racy stuff's going to go right over the kids' heads. Um, but they are uh, a lot of fun. And they've got albums out. And you can buy them and, and, and help keep uh, uh, singers and, and actors uh, off the streets. Uh, and uh, but if, yeah, definitely something to check out if you may in the Kansas City area. They also tour around and do other Renaissance fairs. So if you're out around the Midwest, you could probably catch them there too. But uh, now through I think the end of October, they're here in the KC area, uh, and they're really really good. Dan, um, I'm Daniel, not just saying that because Kurt's my friend. Yeah. They're legitimately funny. Daniel in the chat says I uh, missed us. I guess I guess Daniel's just popping in. Um, this this show's available on replay, so you could go back to the beginning and enjoy it as if you were watching it live. So always good to have even even the people who come in at the end of the show because I know schedules being what they are, there's so much out there on YouTube for people to watch. That's why we keep these things here. And and actually that makes me think. Um, the TV.2 channel that we were experimenting with, I think it's going to go away. I don't see that it's doing us a whole lot of good. Mm. But this channel stays here. All of the stuff that we broadcast live stays here. So you can go back and uh, watch it from the beginning and share it with anybody you think might be interested. And in the meantime, you can check out any of the rest of the shows like tomorrow night's Ranker Pit. We're going to be talking about star wars stuff lots of trailers that came out of d23 last weekend so we'll probably be talking about that and of course on wednesday live from the bunker mark delfonso and i are going to be talking about the gta 6 and the diablo 4 leaks and then on friday i've got i guess russ kalmashiro i think that's how he pronounces the last name he's going to be a guest here on friday to talk about his new book from crazy eight press uh mm. it's a space mystery science fiction mystery so we'll be talking about that and uh, hope you join us for all of those. And then we'll be back to do this next week. And we will, in the meantime, be compiling our 80s movie and TV playlist for recommendations for all of you. And I'm going to check and see how many of them are available over on Twitch and Amazon Prime so we could do some watch parties. Because that'll be fun to do. Hey. All right, sir. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. And, yes. Uh, We'll do, we'll it, do again it again in a week. week with all kinds of. I'm sure something something will happen. We'll yes. come up with an idea. We yeah. always do. Actually, well, we have a list. We have a list. We have a we list. Do have a list. All right. We'll, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. This has been a presentation of Sci Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci Fi for Me Radio. 